This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, so this is a pretty emotional podcast um, about what's currently going on in the States, in the NHL, in Canada, with George Floyd, police brutality, and Black Lives Matter. So if you don't have the stomach for it, um, or you know, it's not a conversation that you're ready to have or listen to right now, please feel free to come back another time. And uh, But thank you everyone for listening, and we're going to get into the episode now. And welcome to episode number 13, lucky number 13 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. Except in this episode, I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about hockey. I'm your host, Ty, and we got Luke, Eric, and Martin here. Uh, yeah, I'm the number one host. Everyone comes here to listen to me. But uh, um, we're going to be talking about sort of what's going on in the world. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll try to talk about hockey right now. But just in my opinion, it's, it's not uh, the important part of this week's episode. No, I don't think it's the important part of this week's episode for any four of us. Um, and, you know, I think when we look at what's going on, in hockey with all the statements being made by all the teams and all the comments that are being made across the, you know, our platform and hockey platforms. It's a lot of just stick to hockey, um, which has to be the dumbest thing that anyone ever says, because every person in every role around the world votes on politics has a place in it. I don't understand why people with influence and people in a sport like hockey or that play basketball, that play hockey, that play football, should ever have to shut up and not talk about politics that affect people on a day-to-day basis. It's the dumbest thing. You go to work and you talk politics with your friends, you're just mad that you don't have the same influence as other people because you're a knob who doesn't have the capacity of getting to a role or a powerful position like a lot of these players anyways. So anyone who says... A trigger warning, by the way. Anyone who says to like shut up and stick to sports is the dumbest person in the world, and you have no place in the conversation around politics. You should have said sorry. That at the beginning that's not true. The... You can right. talk, but your opinion just is irrelevant to well, me. I I think that anyone that says you stick to sports is being disingenuous because every single time an athlete that agrees with your opinion speaks out about something. Everyone that agrees with that opinion goes and praises the athlete and comments on it and says, oh, this guy's so real and all that kind of stuff. 
So it's like like Tony D'Angelo every single time that he um every time that he comes out and says <laughs> says something. Um like everyone goes out and supports him and it's the same people that get mad at LeBron James or get mad at hockey players for um coming out against whatever issue that they're talking about. Yeah. And I am actually so pro Tony saying those things. Like I don't agree with anything that he says, but you can't limit the voice of politics to only one side. So that's why I'm like, you know what? Go Tony. It's bad. It's worse for his public image, albeit. Um, <laughs> but I am someone who is not opposed to it being both ways. You can't just have people on the left or, you know, those opinions shared. A lot of hockey, I would say is more conservative or Republican than it is liberal just from the the class and economic status of a lot of people within it so i'm not only pro people sharing about black lives matter i'm pro all voices being heard regarding it i just disagree with some people but like just sticking to sports is is one of the if you have power if you have influence use it otherwise what the hell are you doing you're literally Um, useless the message i got there from luke is that he swings both ways well, well, at least we got the joke out of the way uh, early on in the show. <laughs> Is that Taz one inappropriate joke for the uh, podcast? Yeah, he's hit, capa- he's hit capacity. All right. You can mute me now. <laughs> I don't know. I just get so fed up with the idea that we as spectators, as athletes, can't share our opinions because we're too uneducated or, you know, we don't have the, the wherewithal to comment on sports. And that's just one, ignorant, two, arrogant, and then three, you're just as dumb, if not dumber. Like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense that someone like LeBron James, who's in, who's like directly affected by a lot of these, these racial issues, has less authority on speaking about them than some white suburban dude named freaking Kyle, who's 15 years old. Like, it, like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Well, especially because LeBron James, he's active in, you know, all this different social justice and campaigns and stuff that he's involved in, right? Like he's involved in so many different charities. He's involved in so many different businesses. He's involved in so many different campaigns to promote quality and promote whatever issues he believes in. So to kind of think that he doesn't at least have some idea about what he's talking about is also kind of ridiculous. Like I'm all for like, you know, I hate saying that anyone can like I like the fact that anyone can have a voice, but I hate saying that everyone has an equal voice in the sense that they're as Fact. knowledgeable about a topic as uh, like you know if someone comes out and they're a researcher and they study all these different socio socioeconomic issues and stuff like that, I think their p- opinion has a little bit more weight than everyone else's but to to say that like just because you don't have you know, a platform to speak out of. And just because you do have a platform to speak out of doesn't mean that you can't comment on any issue, which is, I think is what yeah. all these people have been talking about. Yeah. Like I'm not going to go to an eye doctor to get my teeth fixed. So why am I going to white people to figure out what's going on in the, <laughs> in, in racism? Like that's the, that's the dumbest thing. There are white people that are allies. I think it's very important to be an ally, but even for myself, I'm, I'm someone that likes to talk a lot. As you can tell right now, I don't normally talk really? a lot on this podcast, but I'm getting heated. <laughs> um, but at the same time, when it came to what's happening going on, you just, as a white person, have to sit back and listen. And I saw a comment from one of our followers. I think it was on someone else's post, but I someone else's that like systemic racism isn't real. And I'm like, bro, I couldn't even control myself. 
I, I had to do everything in my power to not respond. But like Luke well, was crying. It, <laughs> well, let's break it down from like an NHL team standpoint standpoint. So you guys, all of you saw all the different press releases and stuff that any different NHL teams kind of did, right? So what did you guys kind of think about uh, what the every single NHL team said and kind of what the NHL as an overall organization kind of said? So I think when organizations, companies, whatever, teams make these statements, right? It's literally, it was the same statement, just a different team's logo on it, right? Mm-hmm. More or less? <laughs> uh, more or less. Some teams were way worse than others. There were some yeah. like brutal freaking, like, just the bare, bare, bare minimum they could say, basically just saying, we don't, we support, we support black people. And that was basically it. Like, that's all they said. They didn't, yeah, we know, don't, they didn't talk we don't like racism. That they face. Yeah. We don't like racism. And obviously no team is going to come out and say they do like racism. So, you know, they didn't come out and say, you know, we support, you know, uh, we support black lives matter. We support, um, you know, dealing with all these, you know, structural racist, ra- racism issues. They didn't come out and talk about the actual murder of uh, George Floyd. They didn't talk about, you know, what they would do to fix the issues. It was just like the very bare, bare minimum of what they could have possibly yeah. said. You look, when I look to these statements, though, I don't personally look at what the teams are saying because I know that there's, for every you know, team, like I said, the teams and the companies or whoever it is, they have... PR firms that they have to, you know, if they want to make any sort of public statement that they have to sort of listen to, right? And that's why you get the same generic statements. I look more towards what the players are saying, right? And because it's great that Toronto Maple Leafs or, or, or New York Rangers or Chicago Blackhawks are saying as a team, we don't stand with racism or whatever, but I don't look to the team as my role models, right? I look to the actual players themselves. I look to the actual people in power, like the GM, for example, Kyle Dubas, right? I, I looked more towards what he has to say than the team, in my personal opinion, right? Yeah. And you've seen, I've seen a lot more players than normally do, than there normally are, like come out and speak about it. Like Jonathan Taves left a huge, like, Instagram post, right? Basically calling out racism. Braden Holtby, um, I don't remember those two off the top of my head, PK Subban as well. And, you know, they have actual powerful statements being made. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, as human beings, we relate more to other human beings than we do brands. So if it's one thing for, you know, whatever NHL team you support, Edmonton Oilers, the Leafs, the Canadians, wherever to come out and say they don't, you know, they're coming out against whatever issues that they talked about. But then when you have, you know, your favorite player, one of your favorite players and someone you have more of an emotional attachment with and you see that person as not just a sports star but another human being i think it adds a lot more weight to what they have to say versus an organization and i think that it comes off less pr-ish when a player comes out and says something versus a team even though you know they still they all use the exact same pr companies that nhl teams do for the most part Mm -hmm. i think the most powerful response was uh the tampa bay rays um in the MLB because they actually were very clear about their action plan. Uh, a lot of the ones that you're seeing are just kind of empty statements of, you know, some didn't even say, I don't, I don't even think some said it was a murder. You some saw that on the did. Instagram story, didn't you? Tell I did. I, I liked you? your Instagram analysis of it, Thank of you. like um, overreacting rather than underreacting. Um, you know, I'm not always a fan of brands responding to this thing because I, but this one felt different. It felt like a lot of the, feels like the, a lot of the NHL stars are coming out 
because of of social media pressure or just pressure from PR teams or whatever to to kind of make a statement. Um, at the same time, like, why wasn't this same message shared from a racism response case with Akeem Aliou? Um, yeah, they have to acknowledge it within the sport as a whole. I've played hockey my entire life, and people will say, "Oh, there's not even the opportunity to be racist," and it's like, yeah, because there's no black people in the <laughs> NHL, and that starts from literally like the ground up. That starts in in like when you're three or four years old to make it seem like an inclusive place. Like a lot of the people that I know, I there, I come from a very um, Asian neighborhood, and, and there was a couple of people that played really well and were really good players but you're not really going to see them because it wasn't all that welcoming even when i played for them like there is systemic racism within the league and and we've seen it with simmons like the few people that are in the league evander kane they have been victims of on ice racism throughout their career or at least at some point in their career um so to say it doesn't exist in the NHL is ignorant. To I, I want to see these players speaking up more against what's happening in the sport. I'm kind of upset that this wasn't a, a common theme with the Akeem Aliou situation. Um, you know, I didn't really see a lot of voices being shared about that, um, that it is within OHL and, and a lot of the younger leagues where people are are preparing for the NHL. Um and so like that is more my issue with these NHL statements yeah. is that it comes from a place that seems disingenuous because they weren't responding with this much energy, even though it's a totally different situation. Like Akeem Ali wasn't murdered, but there were racial issues and there are racial underlying tones within NHL that aren't being addressed either. That's more yeah. my issue with all the players coming. Or I with completely all the teams agree of players. because uh, like it, it completely blows my, sorry, mine go, go. A big thing too is it like it could have been a key value you know like there's systemic racism in the police force so it could have been someone famous that was killed by or someone semi-famous that was killed it's just some guy george floyd that is the guy that had it happen to him because but like it happens to people all the time um I, I saw a clip yesterday of an elected official. I'm, I'm not sure. I think she was on like city council in New York City. And she experienced racism during the protests directly towards her. And it's like, what the hell? Like the, the cops had no idea who she was, which doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and it's like, we're, we're protesting systemic racism. And yet, like people big in the city are still feeling systemic racism. How like how is this like how are you so disconnected? People like, um, and it like they've experienced it their entire lives, their entire careers, their every every person yeah. of color, wherever I th- they. I- it's like, yeah, because it can happen to anyone, right? Like everyone, mm-hmm. like when you see all the interviews with different football play, NFL players, different NBA players, and they all talk about all these different moments when they were growing up where they had friends that were, you know, arrested, you know, without cause or they were pulled over and scared for their lives. So it's like it, just because it happened to George, 
happened to have happened to George Floyd doesn't mean it couldn't have happened to anyone else, like you said. Like it could have. Mm-hmm. Why? Why couldn't it have been Evander Kane? Why it couldn't have been Wayne Simmons? Right? Just because you know their wealth kind of gives them a little bit of a a barrier between them and other kind of you know more middle class or lower class black people because you know when you have when you're rich and powerful famous you're you know you're more likely to be treated better but if the police officers didn't know who they were if they just saw them on the street they just look like any other person right and they are just like any other person in that sense so it could have been them and it was kind of ridiculous that basically every single nhl organization was completely silent when that akimalu uh player tribune article came out and maybe like four or five players talked about it. Like I think there were I I can't I could probably count on like one or two hands the amount of players that actually commented on it. And then probably half those guys were black players like Evander Kane, that and PK Subban that you know are basically the only spokespeople in the NHL for black pe- black people basically. So it was just mm-hmm. I think it's so embarrassing on the NHL's part that. They commented on this, but they couldn't comment on something that happened within their own sport. And then not only did they not do that, they then didn't even, in all their press releases, not one single NHL team, not one sing, not one single PR statement from the NHL itself mentioned Akimaloo and mentioned the own pro- their own problems within their own organizations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so embarrassing on the NHL's part, and it's a complete embarrassment from their PR teams. Because like I said in our story, there's three there's three kind of um you know there's three kind of lessons or three kinds of takeaways you have to do from a crisis standpoint when you're managing any type of brand or managing any type of crisis and it's acknowledge the problem which they kind of did they only half did right like they acknowledged systemic ra- racism is an issue for some of the for some of the NHL teams they mentioned that then you know most of the NHL teams said, "Oh, we don't support the murder of black people," so they kind of got that first step right. Then some NHL teams got the second part right, like they just released PR statements. They didn't have the head of the organization. They didn't have, you know, whoever the GM is come out and say it, which is you know fine, in a sense. But then they all failed the third step. Like no NHL team and no and nobody in the NHL mentioned what they were going to do about it or what changes that they were going to make within their organizations. They said, oh, we have to be better. We have to do better. We have to think about these types of things. And they didn't commit to one single piece of change. Whereas all these other, there's so many other organizations out there that first off actually acknowledge the problem in a much deeper and more comprehensive way. And then also actually mentioned what they're going to do to address the problem. So like EA Sports, for example, um, they came out with a huge statement mentioning they're going to donate a million dollars to these different campaigns. And then they mentioned how they're going to start giving, I think, one hour or a couple hours every single uh, month to employees to volunteer for all these different organizations that um, help with racial justice and everything like that. So it's just a complete embarrassment on the NHL's part. And I don't know who the hell runs their PR department or if the PR department recommended that and then the NHL just didn't do it, but it's just complete embarrassment on their part. Yeah. And with that, we're going to go into our ad reads now. um, And then we're going to revisit the same topic coming back because that's all we're going to talk about today. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. 
Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. But yes, Eric, I totally agree. That's definitely a note I wanted to bring up as well with the whole response to Akeem Aliou. And and one of the things I've been reflecting about a lot is, you know, we can say that this internal brotherhood loyalty thing is only a problem within the police force. But we know for a fact that's not true. Um, locker room talk, the code, all this exists within hockey too we we know that because they even say that themselves they wouldn't turn on each other and what you're seeing now in in police is a result of staying silent and so akim Aliou was a result of staying silent how many other stories are there within the nhl of of that how many more reasons are there to to not believe that that's not true like systemic racism is a thing like look at the Kimalyu situation you know even with the the policeman that killed and murdered George Floyd systemic racism yes he's getting charged now which is great so people will be like that's not systemic racism this man had like 17 prior complaints against him <laughs> systemic racism is the fact that those 17 reports were not addressed and not identified because now we have social media pressure to make that influence make that choice that the Minneapolis police department had to fire him. There are, there is proof that the police or the doctor and medical examiner for the murder lied on the medical report. That is systemic racism to, to say that there is no systemic racism. I am, I'm, I don't know about you guys. I am pro riots. I am pro protests. You know, yesterday I was on a call with, with, with someone who um, he was actually a, part of the MLK protest way back in the day. And he said something that I thought was really cool. Cause you might be like, you know, black on black crime is a huge thing too. He said black on black crime is crime within a race, but cop on black crime is crime because of race. Like it's the because part that is the issue and sure black on black crime is, is a huge issue. That's more systemic than it is. And, it, and it's awful. But at the same time, police on, on black crime should never happen. Like it just shouldn't happen. Carding, look up carding, the history history of carding within New York. Like the 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 number of of black people carded in relation to the number of white people 
reported is like or carded is astronomical in in regards to the percentage of population that black people take up like that's systemic racism so get out of here with your fucking there's no such thing as systemic racism bullshit yeah i agree i I don't think i would say i'm pro riots but i would say that you can't you can't judge you can't like fully lambast the people that are rioting because what the fact is like there's been so many protests on these issues and so many non-violent protests on these issues and they still haven't gotten addressed and it took all this plus all these different you know riots and more violent protests for us to start talking about this issue i think you know like there's this like really great quote um i don't remember who said it but he talked about how in order for violence to work or in order for nonviolence to work, your opponent must have a conscience. And so that's this idea that, you know, the people that you're supposed to be protesting, the people that are actually protesting, you know, when the police force uses violent means against them and stops them from protesting, people are supposed to care, the people watching and not protesting with them are supposed to care about them and supposed to kind of go and support them. And that's the kind of idea behind Martin Luther King and Gandhi. Hey, and keep the mic other. in front of your mouth. Sorry, and all these other famous, <laughs> uh, all these other famous uh, leaders. But the fact is, we've had constant protests on these on these issues, and nothing's happened. Right? We've had all these nonviolent yeah. protests. We've had Colin Kaepernick, you know, kneel during the anthem, the most peaceful way of protesting imaginable. Doesn't hurt anyone. Just stand, just literally not stands there, <laughs> kneels there silently, not saying anything, and. You know, he couldn't do that even, right? So it's just yeah. when you take away every single other option from people, they're going to go to more violent, you know, methods. And it's just the way humans work at the end of the day. Yeah. So it's just like I hate when people are like, oh, you have these rioters are so out of line and all this stuff. Well, they've tried every single other way, right? Yeah. And nothing's ever gotten done. And then on the other side of it, there are a ton of people out there just riding to riot. They're not a part of the actual protest. 100%. That's where I have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. That so. That's my problem too. Like there's rioters to riot. That's I, – I, so when I say I'm pro-riot, I mean like, you know, riot is literally by definition chaos. Like that is what it means. <laughs> Um, so I'm not pro people getting hurt. I'm not pro looting, but you know, it, it, I, I saw somewhere that it, it's a privilege to look at it and see that that violence is not the solution when silence hasn't been the solution either. And if you're not supposed to riot on company time, like Colin Kaepernick, if you're not supposed to riot or make a protest when all eyes are on you, if you're not supposed to riot when your people are getting shot, if you're not supposed to riot or protest in so many different situations, White people should not be the ones saying when and when when and when not people can't riot. That just doesn't make any sense. So I'm not pro, you know, the the deaths that are happening because of the riots. I'm not pro black businesses being hit in, in black communities that, you know, employ locals. But at the same time, it's not for me to decide what's enough because I'm angry from the last four days. Like I'm just like whenever I see and police are aggravating it a lot too. You see videos of it. Like people are laying down bricks. There's bad actors. Yeah, mob was... mentality takes over. But at the same time, like I've I've been angry just watching all the videos in the last four days. Black people have been angry for years. So like, who am I to say what isn't and isn't right? Like, obviously, if they're in my neighborhood, I would want to feel safe. But I would, I would be out there on the streets with them, in the situation too. So, like, I don't know. It, it's messy, but 
silence hasn't done enough. And I'm reading Martin Luther King's book again. And, you know, he, he has a really good quote in it where he talks about how he thought it'd be really easy for, to negotiate with people to give up their privilege. White people don't want to give up their privilege. And so that you have to fight for it then. If, if the people in power don't want to give it up to you, that's the whole idea. And, they, and you're protest, trying to sit down right? at the table with them, make it uncomfortable for people and, pe- 100%. and people don't get that. Like that's the whole idea of protesting. You're not supposed to like it. It's not supposed to be comfortable. It's not supposed to make your day easier. It's not supposed to make sure that you get to work on time. It's to make things more difficult for the overall system to work so that the people in charge of that system should, can make change. Right. Yeah. It's, such a simple concept and i don't get how people don't understand it but then at the same time like they do understand it if it's for their side they will protest they will go out and say you know i need my second amendment rights i need a gun to protect myself from uh the government and protect myself from you know the government from encroaching on my rights and all this stuff the second other groups do it for their own gain and for their own benefit for their own human rights all of a sudden you know it's 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 a bad thing and that you shouldn't be able to do that and it causes them inconvenience mm-hmm. um yeah okay welcome to the luke and eric show where they've been talking sorry sorry i, I, I had a lot to say yeah yeah okay. <laughs> it's okay usually we don't hear you after the first five minutes luke so this is a welcome <laughs> welcomed edition thank and you nobody uh, actually I have who you are right now yeah i know yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm the thing that keeps this thing running yep that's right um so what I was, was going to say is uh, just a quick question. Um, when sports do come back in the next couple months, um, so, so the plan is, do you think that you're going to see a lot of players now kneeling and like across the sports now, not just the NFL? Nah. You don't think it's no. going to change anything? No. No, no I don't Yo, see that happening at all. No. Okay, because people still think the flag. People are very against some, it. Yeah. People still think that it's a disrespect to the to the military disrespect to the flag bro it literally doesn't mean really anything like (laughs) if someone was burning the canadian flag or kneeling on it i'd be like man you do you like i don't like like, what i don't understand like like, i I hate when people it's it's so frustrating when people argue no my people have died for the flag you know soldiers die for the flag soldiers so no soldier has ever gone to battle for a flag no soldier in the history of the world has ever gone to battle because of a flag. They've gone into battle because they wanted to protect the rights. They wanted to protect their family. They wanted to protect, you know, the overall society that they came from. That's what they wanted to protect. Nobody went to war because of a flag. It's the dumbest. I think you're misinterpreting what that means. I think it's more like they're going for their country, right? And the flag no, yes, it's their country. I get that. But so to me, it's the same thing as being like, you know what? doctors are dying for like healthcare right now. So like I'm going to kneel on a mask. It's like, it's the same symbolic thing is that you are, you doctors have sworn to give up their life to, to serve and like, and heal other people. So like what, what's the equivalent of a, of a medical doctor's flag? I don't know. But if someone was to kneel on it, no one would like people saying I'm not going to wear a mask right now is like the equivalent of kneeling in a flag on a flag in that regard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's symbolic. It offers no, it's what you put into the flag is what you want. Like, you know, it's the same with a democratic party, like, or, you know, up here in Canada with the liberal party. If you agree with everything that the Liberal Party does, you're a schmuck. Like, I'm not 
going to be here being like, yeah, everything, everything my liberal party does is 100% okay. It's like, no, like even 50% of the stuff annoys me that what they do, but I'd still rather have them in office than another party. So to me, it's the same thing. Not 50, like 50% or 60% of your, what your country does for the flag is good. That still means that there's 40% kind of messed up with it. So that's kind of how I see it. it. It's really, and then people like the argument is always made that people wear it as a bikini and, and like sexualize <laughs> the flag. How is that any different? People burn mm-hmm. the flag. People burn Kaepernick jerseys. It's people like use you're the still flag burning a product. People use the flag for a million different things. Like patriotism is the biggest fraud in the world. I wouldn't like, say it's the I, biggest fraud. I guess it depends what you mean by that. I like, like my country. I'm not yeah, going but to. I don't like my country because of a flag and the flag doesn't meet like the flag's great and everything i love our flag sure yeah i'm not anti-flag but like if like, i if they, i have to pick between yeah. someone kneeling on a flag and riding and burning down buildings i would prefer them to be kneeling down on a flag and showing their support that way right like maybe maybe that's just yeah. me maybe i'm crazy but th- you know I, what i think i think a big thing too is kaepernick talk like all these people are like he's disrespecting the soldiers like that's the real one they're pointing to yeah. And Kaepernick talked to a soldier, to someone that fought and served for the country and said and asked, is this going to be disrespectful before he did Mm -hmm. it? And the guy said no. So I think that's kind of like these people need to shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's all. It's just whatever your personal opinion is. Oh, I think that's disrespectful. Well, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I think a million things are different, disrespectful. It doesn't mean that people can't do it. And I think a lot of the things you say are disrespectful. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, Everything I say to Ty is disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's I've ever just... said something respectful to Ty, but he lives with it. He's okay with <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> like how, how, like what my question is, is how is shooting an unarmed black person male not just as if not more disrespectful to the flag it is they are they they swear an oath to serve and protect people within that nation and then they go out and shoot people that is more disrespectful to the flag than you know he's not even kneeling on the flag he's always during the national like if you're gonna if don't hide behind the flag and hide behind oh it's disrespectful to the flag just say you don't care about the issue and you don't want them Mm -hmm. you know interfering with whatever idealized version of society you think you have like that's 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 the crux of the situation but nobody wants to admit it and people don't want and a lot of people don't want to just call it out and say it for what it is like just admit what you're what your opinion is on the issue and then stick by it. Like have some balls at least to come out and say it. I think a big sign of that is like they're, they're straight up showing like they're kind of not kind of, they are racist pretty much when they say this, uh, when they talk about Kaepernick disrespecting the flag and stuff. I think a big sign of that was yesterday when you were supposed to stand in solidarity and that one account posted a fucking video about oh, yeah. the coach yelling about if anybody kneels during the anthem, like who are you? Like get off this he, team. He, he said, yeah, he said leave and get off the ice and get off this team because like, you're no longer that working. fucking account is so garb. Like that is such yeah, a I, I, garbage thing to do on a day yeah, of exactly. solidarity. And, the, and, and like, and I think it shows. And it shows, like, because so many people agreed with that too. Like, you should have seen the amount of hundreds of like comments and likes on that video. Right or thousands yeah. actually. Thousands. Yeah. Well, he has seventy thousand followers, and he didn't lose many. 
<laughs> so like he should have lost all of them. <laughs> like yeah, realistically. He lost, he lost a fuck ton when I just talked about I didn't even like really come out like I don't know, what do you guys think? Because you I think some of you might have read that thread of mine about, you know, mm-hmm. uh the PR situation and then like justifying it and comparing it to all the other kind of issues and things that NHL teams support in general, right? Like it was kind of a long read. So if you didn't read it, that's fine. But I was, and then we lost, and I, that was a very, it wasn't really, I don't, in my opinion, anyways, I wasn't really going full on one side or the other. I wasn't saying, you know, NHL teams should a hundred percent do this and that they're all scumbags if they don't support black lives matter and all this stuff. I was just giving it from a perspective of if they care about their communities and their communities care about these issues and just like their communities care about all these other issues with their soldiers or with cancer and all these other things, they should support it. Right. So it's just like, and we lost a fuck ton of followers for that. But then you see another account that posts something extreme like that, where it's like, get out of my, get off my team, essentially, if you disrespect, I'm putting air quotes on that, disrespect the anthem or the flag or whatever, and they don't lose any, right? So I think that goes to show you, like, where mindsets are in, in hockey circles in general, right? Like, even if people didn't agree with it, I don't think many people would have unfollowed him because of it, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I agree, and I think I have, he should have been unfollowed. Like, yeah, Ty, want to have some thoughts? Yeah, well, not on that, but I just have some thoughts in general, right? Where um, you've seen, you've been seeing a lot of Donald Trump, right? And you know, I'm sure there are <laughs> Trump supporters listening to this podcast, right? Sport. Sorry, I know, but um, Donald Trump yesterday and the days before, you know, when he was shooting tear gas to clear out the. So we could stand in front of that church in Washington, right? And hold up the Bible, right? And he, you know, he gave his speeches and he says, these are rioters, these are bad people, whatever, it's out of control. But, you know, two years ago in the Unite the Right rally in, in Virginia, it was called Charlottesville, Virginia, right? Oh yeah, he supported oh, that there's, fully. There's great, there's great people on both sides. <laughs> both sides. Great people on both sides. You don't hear this anyone here. No great people on both sides. Yeah, anyone who sees Donald Trump as a Christian you, I don't even know how to put this into words. Have you guys seen that Photoshop? Fucking image? suck. Have you guys seen that Photoshopped image of him holding up the Bible and then there's a sign beside him and they put in some text of like, they, I don't even have to hear them say yes. Like they, whatever, whatever. Do you remember that quote? Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but man, literally anyone who thinks Donald Trump is a Christian, like I have no words to describe your just inhumane way of viewing people and what leadership looks like and every word that comes out of the man's mouth is garbage. I don't see how he could represent to you what Jesus is or what Christianity looks like. It blows my fucking mind. That's because, all I, that's my piece. Because on that. the churches say that he was sent down by God to Yeah, there's a save lot us. of there's a lot of priests and past like those really internet famous ones that go off and say that Donald Trump was sent from God and all that other kind of even sent from God. God they're talking to officials that say that, dude. Like, imagine being that crazy. <laughs> but that's how you get imagine, your support. Imagine right? the KKK working up that high into the political realm of 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 America. Some people want that. <laughs> Fucked. Absolutely Wait, garbage. So, human being. Uh, my thoughts on this is that. Um, I was actually talking with uh, with some of my friends about this, right? And I was like, I asked the question, does this make sort of Trump 2020 
more likely. And I think it does because All Trump is going to be yeah, Trump is going to can easily say now that oh look, this is proof that the far the radical left is out of control and only I can control them and the blacks are out of control. They didn't control them. He hid in a bunker. So like that's the funny fucking thing. And he that's, ran that sort and hid, of stuff. said they should fight against the protesters, but he's hiding. The that's crazy thing is he was doing that like, like fuck that black guy. Black like goddamn it. The weirdest like, thing was he was like, people are laughing at America right now, but like these protests are going around, like going on around the world, literally in Sweden. Yeah, there's probably like mm-hmm. ten black people in Sweden, <laughs> and then the Bundesliga like, was like all supporting protests. it during the yeah, like all the players on the teams are all wearing the shirts. Like, they melt they goal, it up before the games. Yeah, even before the games, like if like everywhere around the world is supporting this, and it's just it's just so embarrassing that there's still but, groups. In the world that isn't. Well, it's the embarrassing their is, president is like, yeah, saying fight against the protesters. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, like National Guard, you do the loot and you start. We'll, we'll start shooting. Which just makes it like, worse. Like, it's not that's making it nothing. It's not leadership, better. bro. In zero ways is it leadership. Well, it's because it's just escalating conflict, right? It's like when it's like you see all these videos of very peaceful protests, and then they get more and more violent over time. The more t- more cops come in, the more um, the more armed cops come in, especially when they're all militarized and they all have these gigantic oh, guns 100%. and they start throwing gas can canisters and tear gas or whatever it is at the protesters that's when they start to get violent right because they're peacefully with the second you 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 anger peaceful protesters and you don't let them peacefully protest you're you're giving you're the only option you're giving them is to be angry and to be violent right like that's the only thing that's the only thing that gets accomplished when you ruin a peaceful protest and the peaceful and a lot of the protests that were ruined on that day when trump went to that church and everything all most of them were very peaceful protests and when you don't give the people the option to peacefully protest a lot of that turns into violence a lot of that turns into anger right like human beings don't like like just it's inherent in us as like human beings as apes as mammals that we don't like it when people are treated unfairly and especially that's when they're within our own kind of group right like you don't know nobody likes it when someone's getting benefits and the other people aren't so it's just it angers people so much more when they're trying to do the right thing and they're trying to you know, peacefully protest, and then all of a sudden tear gas comes in, and yeah. they're being treated very unfairly compared to yeah. other groups that can peacefully protest, take over state capitol buildings with guns, and you know, no walk tear down gas, the streets with their, their assault rifles, literally walk out with their assault rifles. Yeah, like imagine it, if all these protests, all these people were bringing guns and <laughs> guns to protest, like it'd be a massacre. Yeah, like that's the thing too. You see, like people. This blows my mind as well. You know, you're told during COVID to to work from home, not just stay at home. Like you're not, there's no curfew. You're allowed to, you're allowed to go outside. You're allowed to like businesses. Yes, are are closed like for safety measures. Um, but people showed up to government places in the states with guns, being like, we don't like these rules. This is against the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Now there's literal curfews, saying you cannot go outside after this time. That is way more government control this is way more an opportunity for the right to bear arms and you still don't see people doing it. They're protesting 
you know, relatively safely, I would say that in a, when you're in a mob, I've been in crowds of, of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and literally one, one misunderstanding, one shoving match can turn into a full out brawl amongst huh. everyone. That's just, Dude. it's just mob mentality. Yeah. Like, like think about, think about Vancouver losing in, in 2011 and there was riots in the street and like cars were being flipped and that was just over a sports loss like this is way more reason to riot way more people are gonna i don't think many people were arrested overall there because it's probably mostly white people but like the idea that this executive order or these curfews are 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 more against or i guess yeah aren't more against the the first amendment or the second amendment or whatever the amendments are in the states of the right reason the right to bear, bear arms against a tyrannical government this is way more of a tyrannical government than it was with COVID, but you're seeing way less reaction from white people who support that amendment. And you're in, then you're on the other side, you're seeing way more people out ignoring, like not with arms because even though they are fighting a tyrannical government, it's the irony of that is so lost on so many people. I'm like, you're fried. I, I, I don't understand it at all. So I, I don't know how long we've been going on. Was this like 40 minutes now? Just want to do a yeah, time 40, check. 41. 41 okay so um what was i gonna say so so again back to the trump 2020 thing that i wanted to talk about right so the thing is that these people right. who are part of the riots right the people who are in control in the, in the states of the voting right it's it's a handful of states right and it's the suburban middle-aged white people right and they see this on fox news and it makes them uncomfortable talking about racism and again trump can can say that look this is out of control the left is out of control and that's kind of and they're going to go and they're going to vote for trump again because that's what they believe right and they're not they're not seeing the same things that we're seeing the the state the, the the people who actually have the power when it comes to voting because voting's important everything like that right but in the states it's kind of an unfair voting system right where i don't know if you guys are familiar with it all but you know each state has a certain number of there are sorry. There are like a handful of swing states that can easily swing the election one way or the other. Doesn't well, really matter who the, gets the majority, right? I don't want to get to, like too much into that, but like, like part of the reason Hillary lost was because she didn't invoke as many of the votes that Obama invoked. So if Biden can kind of like play this up and say, "Look at look at how bad Trump's reaction was." He can probably get more people to vote. Have you been seeing what Biden's been saying, though? Yeah, Biden's kind of whack, bro. Biden is. Like, I'm not saying he's people. a good candidate, but I'm saying Trump is just like the bottom of the barrel. No, no, so people, Trump is the bottom of the barrel for the bottom of the barrel. Certain groups, right? For certain, for other groups, he's like the peak of what they aspire to be as yeah. human beings. Like people literally no. consider him like he's come from God to save them. I, I, I get that. How. He has a strong, he has a strong base, but I'm saying it like all you have to do is because he'll get his yes. entire base to vote. It's yeah. How and many they're going to see this. Other people will not vote. The, like they're going to vote for him no matter what. Yeah. Like no matter what they're going to vote <laughs> and they're going to go a, vote for him. Yeah. There's a lot of talk on, on Twitter and other sites where they're saying that um, um, there's that there's 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 going to be another person like an independent person, you know, not one of the not one of the major party candidates is going to win, and that is <laughs> stupid. 
right? This, there's this, there's this, no this. chance of that happening because and and that's it's it's going to split the votes because any Republican is going to vote Trump. None of those people are going to vote for a third party. But the people who aren't voting Trump, they might split the vote that way, right? So don't believe that at all. There's zero chance of that happening. It's Trump or Biden. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it would be like the same as it'd be the same in Canada as like saying Elizabeth May is going to win from the Green Party because <laughs> I think a lot of people would like the Green Party to win, but no one's going to be like, yeah, we're all going to vote for her. Everyone, everyone goes for the safest pick to win the majority, which means even though a lot of people would pick the minority, it just then skews to the majority again because you you want to ensure that the person that you want in power is in power. It's weird how it works. I don't the po- political system in the so U.S. Big, big problem with that finish, too. The big yeah. problem with that is that so like, finish, if you don't vote, <laughs> if you don't vote for the person that you want in power, like no one else, if you believe that, then no one's going to. Well, that's why ranked that choice voting is so popular, right? Like it's such a popular idea because if, you know, you have your ranked choice voting, you vote for your first candidate, second and then third. And then the second, your first candidate, you know, they don't get enough votes. They're out. It goes to your second one and then it goes to your third, right? So that's that's how you make real change, but no political, no major major political party would want to do that because then because it doesn't going, benefit them. You're giving yeah exactly you're giving away <laughs> your own vote. So <laughs> even though it's the best option, no party would ever do that, right? But yeah, so bring it's only the best the option NHL, for the four and, losers. Yeah, exactly. So, but to bring it back to the NHL, finish this podcast off. What do you guys think the NHL should do to kind of? Uh, you know, f- address the issues that they've been talking about for two days, <laughs> days now, right? Like they mentioned they have all these issues and mentioned all these systemic issues. They didn't really acknowledge, you know, what the issues were within the NHL. But do you, what, do you guys have any fixes for, um, you know, what the NHL can do to address whatever issues they have? I think that this is... Um, well, it's before that NHL, the NHL. Yeah. I think it's a culture. Hmm? Yeah, this is... It's way bigger than the NHL, and I, as for I an know, answer, we have, so what? We have to. We that's too big of an issue, right? That's too yeah, big no. of a question. Then. But like it's hockey culture. So I think we got to. I think we got to narrow it down. I think we got to have concrete kind of, you know, to finish it off, concrete things that the NHL that we think the NHL could do, to make any sort of change. So you know, we could talk about you know donating to different causes, putting more at, putting more volunteer effort behind you know whatever different causes, whatever different groups, whatever. Um, they choose. Um, there's all these, you know, right to play programs that the NHL has that are kind of largely BS because they largely go to whiter communities. And, you know, even if they do put it in a community that's typically has, you know, more colored people and more minorities, it's still m- the majority of white people that sign up because you can't just go and put it in their community. You need to go and reach out to that community as well and sign up those players. So that like that's just my opinion. I'm sure there are a hundred other there, issues. There's no um, people of color in any position of power in an NHL yeah. team. Well, the NHL actually, I was itself. Gonna huh? I was going to mention Kim uh, Kim Davis. She's like the social outreach. She's the, like the VP of social outreach for the NHL or something like that. And she mm-hmm. was just on Thirty One Thoughts with Elliot Friedman. Um, so I was literally listening to it before I got on this podcast. Hello, and... so was I. <laughs> oh, really? that's funny. So I was listening to it and I was like hearing her pitch and hearing, you know, what she thought. And I agreed with all 
everything that she said. But my major problem with it was like Elliot Friedman and like the problem is he's so established within the NHL and he has such good rapport with everyone. He doesn't ask many tough questions. You know what I mean? Like I was waiting that entire interview for him to ask Kim Davis about, you know, what his her opinion was on uh, what the NHL released and what kind, what the NHL is going to do and if the NHL has done enough and ask her about Akima Liu and ask her about all the different issues within the NHL. And he kind of just avoided it and let her kind of spin it towards her own narrative and make it kind of, it was so pro NHL. So, and like, you know, she made a little, she made a couple criticisms. She talked about how they needed to do better to reach out to minority communities and all this kind of stuff. But it was just, it was kind of weak is what I want to call it. Like, it wasn't really journalism. It wasn't, you know, tr- pressing her to f- get the right answers. Well, I think she was also f- afraid. She, she seemed timid in her I don't answers. know if it was, I don't know if she was timid, and maybe that's just him reading the room and reading her and going, okay, I don't think she's going to answer these questions. But I really wish he pushed her a little bit more to get something concrete out the- of her because it really just sounded like anyone could have been there. And answered those questions like I feel like I could have been there and said the exact same things she did and just like it sounded like something a PR a per, PR person would say it didn't sound like a real person who's really committed to you know growing the NHL outside of the original roots of where it's kind of founded and I, I was just really disappointed with that and I'm not saying that's what she personally believes I'm sure it's just the only way she got into that position is being the way she is being that PR person, not really speaking her mind per se, not saying anything controversial. That's why she got the job, right? So I don't want to criticize her too much because, you know, but she is in that position where she could have, you know, said a lot more and she didn't. Yeah. Any any PR person, though, like you said, they, 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 they don't say anything strongly one way or the other, really. Yeah, it was just disapp- it was just disappointing on both sides. Like I was just disappointed that Elliot Friedman didn't really ask any hard hitting questions. He kind of just let her speak and spin the narrative of whatever she wanted to talk about, and whatever the NHL wanted her to talk about. And then on her side, you know, she's a black woman. I'm sure she's faced systemic issues within the NHL itself. She didn't talk about any of those. She didn't talk about any of her own personal difficulties. She didn't talk about you know, Akima Lou or any of those, like, it was just very disappointing on both sides, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure Elliot probably had maybe more questions that were on his list and then either they got taken down by the NHL saying, no, you can't ask these. Like there's so much that goes into an interview like that at a time like this, but I agree, you know, in regards to what the NHL can do um, beyond just admitting that there's a problem, admit where there's a problem, like, directly within their association within well, the CHL you, you just said it really well you just said the NHL didn't if the NHL did this we have no idea if the NHL went to like Freeman saying you can't ask these questions that's already part of the problem and that's already 100%. a major problem like and the fact that even despite of that he still did the interview like I don't know like Elliot Friedman's the biggest or one of the biggest names in hockey right like everyone knows who Elliot Friedman is 31 thoughts podcast is one of the biggest podcasts out there for hockey after talking hockey of course it's number two number two after after talking hockey hockey, of course and then his newsletter is like the most read thing among NHL like NH hardcore NHL fans within like within the entire NHL community. So it's kind of disappointing seeing that, you know, even with Elliot Freeman, like at the top of the top of the game and top of popularity with all this power, with all this, you know, ability to sway opinion. He didn't, he, even he couldn't get 
the right answers out of her. And I think that's in itself a systemic issue. Yeah. A hundred percent. But like going even further. Yeah. That's a good point that I didn't even think of, but you know, admitting that there's a, there's a problem within your own organization, but you get players that when they're 17, 18, so it's too late for a lot of that. You have mm-hmm. to go to the OHL, CHL, Q- QMJHL, all the other leagues and work and admit that there's a problem across every league because it's a problem across every league, work with them from a grassroots level. And I don't mean like, you know, put money into getting more black kids into hockey at a young age because yeah. a lot of that is their own choice. I'm saying promote the African Americans you already have within your sport. Allow players to market themselves like beyond just PK Subban, because you know PK Subban, Evander Kane are two of the most outspoken players in the NHL, and I'm sure if they were allowed to be more outspoken, they would be. But I, I, I'm sure that there's some sort of leash on them, as there's leashes well, on everyone. Probably fear from their side of things, where it's like I yeah. don't want to be speaking out more than I should because I don't want to receive all this hate from all these different people all the time. Yeah. And then I'm sure it's tiring on their part too, having to be the only 100%. person the NHL can talk to. They probably have to anything racial comes up all the time. Like, in my opinion, affirmative action doesn't really work. Um, in in a lot of ways and i don't think it would work in terms of like you know one one player from and all your teams across every league in the in the in the world has to have at least one black person like that well that might not be possible based on supply um (laughs) but like 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 a lot of communities in edmonton right like it just wouldn't work but like there has to be a way of you admitting there's a problem within your league across every league and then working on a grassroots level through promotion, through other ways of just, just admit that, that you have a problem I, at a functional core level and then promote the players that you currently have, showing that you'll protect them, showing them that you'll let them be themselves, allowing them to be that light in that market because you're not going to have black people join the NHL if they don't see black people in the NHL. It's just not how it works. Well, it was also uh, sorry, Marinda. To build on that, um, one one good thing Kelly did say was, um, white people, especially white males, and I do find I'm kind of like this. Um, we kind of think we're always right, and we don't need to like listen to people. Um, I mean, and that's I something. Right too, so. That's something yeah. she said like needs to change like we need to like it's like the biggest thing right now that i've like that's going on is like white people need to just listen to what's happening yeah like we have no opinion like we have zero knowledge beyond what we're told by other people people of color like what they've experienced well, think, we can't say what they've the problem. i think that's a huge part of the problem right like there's a it kind of ties into the whole conspiracy theory angle where people don't believe other people anymore to a large extent, right? Like everyone thinks everything's fake. Everyone's very mistrusting over every single thing yeah. that happens. So every single time, you know, you, you but you've you seen see it. it like white people have definitely seen it. Like yes. they've seen other white people do it. So they know yeah. it exists. Like to not know. We've all seen other people do it, right? It's this whole idea of mistrust within society. And I was actually going to do a thread about this, but I didn't have time today because work was busy. But I was going to talk about a little bit about conspiracy theories because it ties into this exact issue of like mistrust and like the the reality is like as human beings and as society in society the only reason we've gotten this far along is because we've 
you know, generally speaking, trust each other to an extent because you can't live in society, generally speaking, if you don't trust other people to at least a certain extent, right? But the problem is, as human beings, we're also really good at picking out the one or two bad apples and not looking at the overall majority, right? So, like, and, you know, like, we could talk about, you know, women with, uh, you know, the whole Me Too movement and, you know, rape cases or sexual harassment cases and all that. 99% of them are very, tr- are very true, very accurate. They're telling their story. And then, but we pick at the 1%. We pick at the mm-hmm. one person, one story where we're like, oh, no, they took, they misused their power. They took advantage of us. And as human beings, as I said before, we don't like being taken advantage of. We don't like unfair actions being done. And it's just, and when you don't trust other people, and when you don't trust other people's stories and experiences, it you you it's it creates a lack of empathy within you, and I think that's what we're seeing kind of in society yeah. broader. And uh, I, oh sorry, Tago. Uh, no, sorry, I wasn't gonna say anything. Luke, you go ahead, and then okay. and then we ended off as what I was gonna say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so, I wasn't finished. <laughs> but Martin, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to touch on that. Like the 1% people will say that, you know, it's, it's less than 1% of, of African-Americans that are shot by police. Like it's less than 1% that are bad apples, but it's like, if you're a police officer and you know, this is going on within your, your precinct or whatever, and you're not reporting it, that is still lies on you. If I have a friend who I know, you know, maybe sexually assaulted a girl and I'm not telling on him or not making that aware that is on me as well i am part of the problem and of course not every cop is a bad person not like maybe only one percent of or less than one percent of of blacks are killed by police but it's like there's so many other things that go into that one percent like getting carded like being followed in stores like being told that they're dangerous when they're around people Mm -hmm. being told that they're dangerous in public like those are the issues it's not just about the killings. It's in the murders. It's way more than just about that. Burying okay, Martin. stuff. Martin, Martin, you go ahead. Eric, I want you to turn your mic off. You're not talking afterwards. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'll turn off mine too. Um, so, so what I was going to say with that, like Gary Bettman, the leaders of the NHL, like they need to sit down really and go in, like have a talk with someone that ex- has experienced it so like suban like have a talk with suban kane see what that like suban and kane think they should do listen to the people that you have available to make a informed decision i think that's kind of one of the best actions they could take um but not just them like other other players like in the minors in the chl see like their experiences and try to change them try to change it not change their experiences because you can't now it's in the past but try to make it so new players don't experience that and you'll have better results um also on cops um i think they're they're not all bad obviously and a, a vast majority are good um but i think in cop culture there's a big hot like hiding what your partner did or what your fellow cop did for fear of it impacting the force negatively that's why the guy that did the murder is 
was still had a badge because it was it was covered up for so long like how bad his actions were um and they didn't want to reflect badly on their police department so i think Mm -hmm. that is something that needs to change with police and policing in general and that Mm -hmm. is true not just in the u.s but also in canada Um, yeah so and i'd say that's not even just cops that's sports that's fraternities that's that's you know sure. men's groups, women's Eric, groups. So many I thought Luke places. had to turn off his. Put mic. it down. Put it down, Eric. <laughs> no, because I have to close out the episode. No, oh, wait. I wanted to say one thing. Uh, when I was okay. talking about politics, I got to give a shout out to my uh, my roommate Adam. We were talking about earlier today. <laughs> kind of stole his ideas. So if he's listening to this, do you want him to be associated with this episode? Um, I mean, yeah, it was his idea, so probably okay. I wasn't here today. Yeah. Ty steals things. Ty steals things from his friends and Twitter. Eric steals <laughs> things from Twitter, actually. Yeah, but he credits them. At least you credited Adam. <laughs> I credit. I had to give it to him. I meant to say it yeah. earlier, but anyway. Yeah. So I guess to close off this episode, um, you know, we're we're not going to promote our Instagram, but we're going to put a link in the description of where you can donate money if you want. Um, and you know, if you made it through this episode, thank you very much. If you're still following us after this episode, thank you very much. If you didn't make it here, I'm sorry um you missed out but yeah you missed out on a good conversation i'm sorry if i offended anyone but i mean what i said 